Oh, shit. Here we go again. Like, I, I know we're saying fathers. Like, I'm thinking of older people, but I am not a father. But my brother is a father, and you're a father. I have multiple other friends who are, who are dads now. And at times, I'm looking at them kind of like, I know that they're still figuring it out or whatever, but I'm still looking at them like when my time comes where I have children, they've at least given me almost a, a, a a guideline for how to navigate life because I'm, I'm on the outside looking in and I hear all the stories and all that stuff. And, you know, and mentally I'm taking notes and learning. And I think this all plays into like, there, there needs to be a huge importance, a larger importance in the world about the importance of father figures in people's lives and, you know, where, how does that navigate a person if they're having a father figure versus not having a father figure? And I'm sure people will make arguments and say, you know, I'm fine without my father. Well, many thousands of millions of people are, but. Well, 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 what do we got here? I think that a lot of what's what we see now happening on all these markets and industries with Anheuser-Busch, with Target. Now we're seeing it within the gaming community. These are all kind of microcosms of the bigger picture of people are finally starting to regain that voice of, hey, let's let's use our brains here. We can't just go along with everything that, that that's popular to say right now. Yeah. I, I talk actually about had, the NBA going nuclear and fucking trading Bradley Bill to Phoenix. Yeah, we could. I had that. So I downloaded uh, chat GPT to my phone. I finally gave in. And uh, I had it write, write an intro for us. And like an intro for you, like as a co-host. Intro for me as a co-host. All kinds of stuff. It's like... Um, said ladies and gentlemen welcome to another episode of real conversations with cozy and murph your go-to podcast for all things sports news and pop culture today we have a jam-packed episode that will leave you on the edge of your seat we'll be diving into the nba finals conclusion where the denver nuggets emerge as the unlikely champions you won't want to miss our analysis and reactions to this historic victory and then I did the intro for you. I gave us some tips and shit. It's like, I'm J.D. Kozad, co-host. I'm here with my co-host, Cody Murphy. And I jumped into, like, it's like, I'd like to introduce you to a remarkable individual who's not only a great friend, but also a talented co-host. Meet Murph, a dedicated father who knows the true meaning of responsibility of love. On top of that, Murph is a former ball diamond champion, showcasing his incredible athleticism and competitive spirit. He holds the Ohio County High School something record. It cut me out right there. A testimony to his exceptional abilities. Wow. <laughs> I thought it was pretty GPT good. GPT knows me better than you do. <laughs> I filled it in. That was pretty dope, though. I liked it. Yeah, that's pretty impressive for... For AI, you know, I'm not gonna lie, I thought is that like the paid members account or like the? Nah, that's a. It's just the free. Yeah, version? free, free app, Chat, Chat GPT app. Man, I'm gonna have to download that shit. I know I'm gonna be stealing shit off of there. Well, anyway, our, now you know our podcast was wrote by a bot. <laughs> well, no, but for real, I mean that was a, that was a decent, pretty decent little intro. I mean, it was more structured than what we do. I feel like you gotta, especially in today, like if you, I know everybody is, like our thing is staying true to who we are, and, but if you're gonna find a way to work to the top, you gotta work with the things that are pushing people, I guess. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna be competitive in the market, you gotta work with the tools that are on the razor's edge, as, as, you know, some people would say. 
the tip of the spear, you know, yeah. that type of, you know, cutting edge. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, it's the, uh, it's like a, a virtual slave almost. Damn. Can you say that? Why are you going to say that on Juneteenth, man? That's fucked. I was going to say something earlier about that, but I'm going to leave it be because it's probably inappropriate. I don't even think it's that inappropriate. So well, the say. only thing, the thing of it is, is Juneteenth wasn't even like a recognized holiday until really until like the whole George Floyd thing. That I can remember. I mean, I might be wrong, but I wasn't aware of it until 2020. And I think a lot of different things were brought to attention, like celebration wise, because we didn't have anything else. You know what I'm saying? Like, here's a moment of joy. It's June. We've been in COVID for three months, blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, let's give the people a, a reprieve. Yeah. Something to text somebody about it's it's like, like a federally recognized holiday now it's like a federal holiday yeah i've seen the banks and stuff were all closed today because like, yeah my my buddy uh his wife works at the post office and they were off today that's crazy i still had to go to work today <laughs> me too that's bullshit bullshit i should at least got a half day off yeah <laughs> shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> all right cut the shit Ladies and gentlemen, yes, this is another episode of Real Conversation with Cozy and Murph. I'm J.D. Kozad, here with the awfully talented Cody Murphy. Yes, sir. Yet again, we are here the day after Father Day, Juneteenth, but today there will be a large emphasis on Father's Day. I know that we both have had very impactful father figures in our lives, and... It's definitely something to be celebrated, uh, friends, family, and even Murph himself, a father, in his own righteousness. Greatness, as per se. Yeah, Father's Day, man. Like, it's almost a day, like, it's weird because you, like, downplay it. You know, it's like, ah, you don't have to do nothing special. We just, you know, like, we can just have a regular day. Like, literally, all I wanted to do yesterday was cook out. And that's what was, you know, that's what I did. We cooked chicken and steak and potatoes and corn on the cob. And that's what we had for dinner. And that's mm. literally all I wanted. <clears throat> and I just, I feel like Mother's Day is like for, like, you buy her flowers, you take her out to dinner, you, you know, you buy her a card, which I did get a Father's Day card. That's nice. And from my my parents and Kaylee got me one too, but... You know, I mean, it's cool, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. It's well, a weird, it's like weird. I seen a comedian um, tell a joke on TikTok yesterday and he's talking about Father's Day and he goes, so Mother's Day is the second most recognized holiday in America. Like it is the second most celebrated only behind Christmas. And he goes, Father's Day is the 19th most celebrated. He said, why is that? Why does nobody give a fuck about the dads? And uh, he was doing crowd work or whatever. And even one of the people was like, the dad was like, well, we just we just want people to shut up and leave us alone for one day. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was funny. I think it is more so a, you know, Mother's Day. They, 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 of course, fathers deserve that recognition, you know, but I do believe, you know, mom and them love that, you know, a day just for them. And dad yeah. always, he just needs a downplay day. Just give me something nice and easy. Let's relax a little bit. That's yeah. the kind of day a grown man See, wants. Dads are more of like the background character, like yeah. the behind the scenes guy, like holds everything together, the glue and moms are like the up front, front of the house. Like, you know, she's the one that's doing all the loving and the nurturing and dads are there whenever, you know, you need advice or I don't know. We talked about, we touched on this on the Mother's Day episode. We played distinctly different roles, um, you know, in a traditional household. I'm not saying it's that way for every family, 
But, you know, for me growing up, you know, I went to my mom for certain things and I went to from to my dad for certain things and have a lot of great memories with both parents. And so, I mean, they both hold a special place in my heart. I always will. But also there's something to be said still on your line that about the other father figures growing up, not just the man who raised you, but also for me, a lot of it was coaches. I learned a lot of how to be a man from the coaches I had growing up. Yeah. And, you know, it's another, you know, go speaks to the old saying of takes a village because it does take a village to raise a child, I think. And so you have all these different influences growing up. Yeah. And I can remember having so many uh, different father figures. And I was blessed in that uh, aspect because a lot of people don't have any father figure. Yep. So. Very much so. I think I think back on so many people that, like, obviously growing up, you know, people make, or you even as an individual make the joking remarks to another friend's parent, like, hey, mom. Hey, dad. Like, I used to call people's dads dad all the time. Like, what's up, pops? What's up, dad? And those people played, like, I don't, you don't see it until you get older and you realize, like, how much they were really, like, playing a huge part in your life. Like, I just, there's one man that, to me, is, like, just a standout father figure. And this is no discredit to my own dad. But, I mean, he was a large benefactor to who I am today. And, you know, there's going to come a day when he's not going to grace this earth anymore. And I know that that's going to strike me down. I don't even know the right words to say, but it's going to it's going to hurt me in places I know I've never really felt pain before. And it's just like a like a pillar. Yeah. Like you lose a pillar of your foundation. Yeah. that's exact. That's exactly what I needed to say right there. That's perfect. It's and, it's, uh, and like, I mean, my granddad, Sam, he's probably one of the greatest people that I've ever known. You know, he, everybody that I know, everybody that knows him always has something good to say about him. You know, he's been around in the community for years and years, forever, you know, and um. Yeah, I mean, he's just a really special example of how to be a man, and I mean, yeah. and like I said, there's no discredit to like my dad Andy. Like he's probably the single best example that I've ha- that I have in my life of how to handle yourself as a man. And he taught me so much. He he still continues to to help me in every way he can as as I'm getting older, you know, figured out how to be a man. Cause like whenever you're a young man, that is such a weird fucking place to be like early twenties. It's so fucking like, cause you have so much shit going on. And I mean, it's, it's for men and women and everything in between. I mean, that's a weird time in your life, but I don't, I don't know. It's just, I'm glad I had, like I said, I'm glad I had those father figures yeah. in my life because there's no telling where I would be. I'd be in prison or something without them, you know. I can, I can only believe the the past that I would have gone down if it wasn't for some of the saving graces of men who have graced my life and taught me very valuable lessons. Or been there, you know, when I'm at the darkest points of my life, and it's even. Like, I, I know we're saying fathers, like I'm thinking of older people, but, you know, I am not a father, but my brother is a father and you're a father. I have multiple other friends who are, who are dads now. And at times I'm looking at them kind of, like, I know that they're still figuring it out or whatever, but I'm still looking at them. Like when my time comes where I have children, like they've at least given me almost a, a, a guideline for how to navigate life because I'm, I'm on the outside looking in and I hear all the stories and all that stuff. And 
you know, and mentally I'm taking notes and learning. And I think this all plays into like, there, there needs to be a huge importance, a larger importance in the world about the importance of father figures in people's lives. And, you know, where, how does that navigate a person if they're having a father figure versus not having a father figure? And I'm sure people will make arguments and say, you know, I'm fine without my father. Well, many thousands of millions of people are, but how well, much I mean, more? there's statistics out there that, that directly that show that having grown up with a father figure versus not without a father figure, there's so many more. Um, so much more shit you could get into. Yeah, I mean uh, that's kind of a crude way of putting it, but you know, having a father figure there, and and mostly it's the tough love, the discipline that you that you get from from that type of a uh, uh, authoritative figure, yeah, di- disciplinarian. I mean that's that's what um, you know, a lot of the men in my life growing up, they were. I needed the discipline. I needed to learn my lesson, you yep. know, and not that I didn't listen to my mom or that I don't, I didn't respect, you know, what women, you know, I didn't respect a, a female authority figure, but it just, as a, as a young man, as a, and as a teenager growing up, I, it just resonated with me more whenever it was from a male figure, yep. you know, I agree. I kind of, I'm like trying to rack my brain of a memory to bring up, you know, with a father figure. But there's one that sticks out in my mind that plays into, you know, learning a lesson the hard way, like you just said. And distinctly, I remember when my dad had a grandmother who lived you know, on this huge farm property. She's an old, tough lady, you know, 90 years old, still cutting the grass with one of them spin wheel mowers, okay? Mm-hmm. And we used to climb the trees out in the front yard, me and my brother and my cousins and all that. Well, I also had a baseball game that day. My dad was going to take me after we ate um, Sunday meal after church. You know, we all came over there, ate meal, and then we'd go to the ball field and have my game or whatever. Well, I was climbing in that tree. I fell out of the tree. I ended up breaking my hand. And, you know, mom was catering to say, you know, you shouldn't play this. You probably shouldn't do this, blah, blah, blah. My dad's like, he made an obligation to this team. It was his mistake to be fooling around. This is a a moment in time where he needs to understand, like, this is what you want to do. You got to prioritize these things. So yeah, he said, you know, either can you play said, I said, yeah, I can play. He said, since you said you can play, we're going to go play this game, no matter how much it hurts. And drove me to the ball field. We played that game. And from then it was like a, a wake up call in my life. I was like 13, maybe like barely figuring it out. And it was like a wake up call for me. Like, don't be an idiot and then put yourself in circumstances to where you could hurt or fracture something on the backside of it, other priorities and things. And yeah. I think it's a valuable, huge, valuable lesson that, you know, I kind of helped me weigh and balance things moving on in life. And I didn't really just piece two and two together until like, I guess clicking into this moment where that story just kind of like stood out in my brain. Like it's crazy. Yeah. You had to learn to prioritize. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I can relate to a lot, a lot of, um, things growing up with that, but a lot like, uh, a lot of it was, if you're going to do something, do it the right way, do it a hundred percent, you know, they'll, you know, all those traditional tropes, but also he taught my dad, Andy, he taught me the necessity of sacrifice. Like if you want to do certain things, you have to give up other things because, you know, you want to do it all. You want to do this. You want to do that. 
You see your friends over here doing this thing, getting into that activity. You want to do, you want to join in. But, you know, as you grow up, you slowly learn that you only have enough time and dedication for certain things. So like you were talking about, you have to prioritize, but you also have to give up certain things. Yeah. You have to give up going to the, to the park for a birthday party. Instead, you have to go shoot hoops or you have to go get in the batting cage or you have to go lift weights. You know, if you want to be this, if your goal is to be a, a high level, a high level athlete, then there's certain things that, that kids do that other kids do that you're just not going to be able to participate because you're going to have to be, be interested in other things. Yep. And so that was a big wake up call for me, like going into middle school. Because I've seen all my friends, do, you know, going to hang out and do this, that, and the other. But my dad was the one that really, he's the one that really got me in the gym whenever I was a young kid, like 12, 13. Because I remember there's a place called the Wellness Center here in Ohio County. And they had a rule like you weren't, you couldn't go into the weight room until you were I can't remember what the rule is. It was like until you were a certain grade or a certain age. But I remember as soon as I hit that age, he was like, all right, let's hit the weights. And he kind of showed me because he was in the army forever. So, you know, he had to keep his, uh, he had to keep in shape too for his PT tests and all that. Yeah. So, so he kind of showed me the ropes in the weight room and then I kind of fell in love with it and it just went from there. Yeah. So put a place into your heart to where it's like, yeah, you know, I instilled that instilled that drive and that discipline to like, to, to want to get stronger and want to get better and want to get faster and yada, yada, yada. And so, I mean, I have all that. I have to thank him for all that. Yeah. That's the biggest thing is giving them things. Cause you know, I think sometimes that's all, that they need to keep going is, you know, a, a thank you. Right. It's nothing. You don't, like I was talking earlier, it's nothing. I don't need anything special. Yeah. Just thank you. You know, we love you. Give me a hug. That's it. That's yeah. what I love. Cause just dads are low maintenance. You know, yeah. Yeah. the, the casual dad out. Just don't <laughs> just go. It's like, uh, you're talking about the comedy bit. Yeah. It's like, just don't, don't talk. Don't spend my money. Yeah. <laughs> don't ask me for no money for 24 hours and we'll be in. That's literally all I need. That's the ultimate father's day. Just don't, don't ask me for money. I'm going to sit. I'm going to sit over here. I ain't going to sit here on. and watch the ball game. Yes. Grill up yes. some steaks, you know. Yes. Like, I hope you're hungry for steaks because that's what we're having. Today's my day. That's what we're so, eating tonight. Yeah. Steaks. <laughs> eating good. Steak potatoes. That's crazy, man. I, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was a good Father's Day. I mean, I'm glad, I'm glad. I celebrated. Last year, I was on a damn cruise boat, cruise. Oh yeah, you were. I remember on Father's Day. So that was yeah. a pretty good Father's Day gift. That is pretty dope. I've never actually been on a cruise. I'm kind of, I'm, I hate that I'm going to say this out loud, but I'm kind of scared of cruise ships. Ah oh, no, it was it was fun. It was a hell yeah. of a time. I don't know what it is. Like I'll fly on airplanes. Like I've never, obviously, I've never been offered to go onto a cruise ship, but. I don't know. My brain has this stigma. Like, if it crashes, then what? They got lifeboats. It's not yeah. like the Titanic. Yeah. I don't know. We've it's come a long Titanic. way. We've come a long way since the Titanic. <laughs> but, I mean, they, they still do. They still yeah, do have be. accidents. You know? I mean, it's no worse than, you know, airplanes and cars and all that shit. Airplanes, that's what gets me. Like, I, like, I, I don't have a problem flying, but, like... Yeah. It still makes me nervous, like taking off and just yeah. being knowing that I'm that high in the air, and like if something happens, some random guy is fucking. <laughs> and you're stuck up there, but yeah. you're just stuck up there too. Like That's if true. something happens on the plane, I just mean, fall. it's not like you could just like jump out. Yeah, like on a boat. If anything, the last resort is swim. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, you at least have a chance, and as <laughs> small as it might be, you could still. Mm possibly survive long enough in the ocean for somebody to find you. But like, if you jump <laughs> out of an airplane, you're fucking dead, bro. 
All right, we're we're getting sidetracked here. <laughs> All right, we showed love to fathers, but I want to ask you this, and I know I sent you a list of names, kind of get you, you know, your brain rambling. Everybody's got their, you know, idea of who is the best. Obviously, we do talk sports here, so I want to kick to who is, and they don't have to have played at the same time, but who would you consider? the greatest father son to grace professional athletics well i kind of feel like this is a an unfair question because you really don't have a lot of that in say football because just the career lifespan is not the longevity is not there so obviously i'm going to go with a baseball baseball pair and it would have to be for me it would have to be the bonds yeah. Or the Griffies. Yeah. I would definitely put the Bonds and the Griffies in there. But the NFL, there's also the Mannings, bro. That's true. That's true. Very true. Our, they're a legacy. They're like that, a they're like a a fucking royalty. Yeah, literally the royal family of the NFL. See, so for the people who are listening, I put a lot of names on this list. And we'll let you guys decide. You definitely need to give us feedback or kind of like, you know, pitch who you guys think. I I do believe it is uh, the Griffies just because, I mean, one, I'm a King Griffey Jr. stand. I mean, personal bias. But them two were playing on the same team, the same field, back-to-back home runs. I mean, it's crazy to even think about that. That's a possibility. But we could also be having LeBron James and Bronny Jr. playing together in the coming years. So. That's also yeah, that would be that would be a cool match or a cool um, thing to see in the NBA. Some of the names that I put on here were uh, Dale Earnhardt and Dale Earnhardt Jr., which is a, a sneaky contender. I know a lot of people are going to love that. Ooh, yeah, I forgot about that. That wasn't a, even, that wasn't even on my radar. That's a great one that I, I it popped in my brain. And then you have um, Dale Curry with Seth and Seth Curry, Vladimir Guerrero and Vlad Jr. Uh, Dante Bichette and Bo Bichette. Those are probably for you more diehard baseball fans. You got the Tatis uh, Jr. and uh, Fernando Tatis, the Griffies, the Mannings, Prince and Cecil Fielder, uh, Howie Long, and then there's Chris Long and um, what's the other Long brother? Is it Jake? Jake, I want to say so. And then you got the Bonds brothers. And I know we're missing a bunch, so that's definitely where listeners need to, you know, Chirp up, pipe in, say who who you got. The Gretzkys, that's another one. Um, well, there's definitely some names out there that I'm missing, but I would go with the Griffies just because I don't know personal bias, and I love yeah. Griffey, so. But it's still dope. Dale and Dale Junior should definitely. We should put a poll up and put a bunch of father son duos in there and see who wins. Maybe Absolutely. get some interaction. Yeah. Shout out to dads. I'm glad you had a good Father's Day, Murph. I, I'm proud of you, bro. I know I, I don't say these things. We don't share love as men as we do, but I'm proud of you. Proud of my brother Zach. He is his daughter will be two, coming up now in about a month. And proud of my dad. I don't know how much he listens or ever gets into this podcast, but he's one of those guys that he didn't figure it out for a long time, and he says it all the time to me. He's like. You know, I'm glad you're figuring it out now because it took me 40 years to figure it out. And um, he's kind of the staple in my life, the the path in my life to where I have a way to go and understand and something to follow. Yeah. And, and it, I just I wanted to know that I'm I'm proud of him, too, because I know there's not anybody in this in this last year he's lost his dad and his mom. And I know there's not very many people telling him that they're proud of him. And even though I am his son, at the end of the day, I am a grown man and I see hard work and you have to recognize it. And I am proud of him and I love him to death. And I just wanted to put that in here, kind of use my voice for whatever it's worth in this world. Man, sometimes that's all you got. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
on the last episode, we teased. I know we said we'd start off on this, but we didn't really get into detail. And we don't really have to go too far into detail because not much has changed. But I'm still very in the dark, only aside from what I've been informed from Dr. Disrespect. This Nick Merckx ordeal is kind of growing to where it seems everybody is finally coming together outside of the Call of Duty community and finally coming together for the right reasons. Well, I know we touched on it last episode, but really Call of Duty is dying right now. There's, I mean, Warzone has steadily been on the decline since it it dropped. And it's only gotten worse. They, they've tried, they've pushed a lot of new changes. They've tried a lot of new tweaks and it just hasn't, hasn't taken. And they've been losing players. A, a lot of people have switched over to ranked us like the 4v4 multiplayer Call of yeah. Duty League, um, style ranked. But I don't know. To me, it's just gotten stale. I can't, there's really nothing else for me to do on the game. Um, you know, I'm not interested in buying any of the bundles. I'm not interested in, in, uh, spending any money. It just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a dying breed right now. And there's also, uh, there's just so much other shit to play. Yeah. Like the new Diablo just dropped. Which and I don't know I, too much about. You're gonna have see, to tell me. I, I didn't know anything about it, and I bought it. That was like my little Father's Day gift to myself was nice. to buy that game, and uh, I played it for a few hours this past weekend. And man, it's I could it's something you could definitely put a lot of fucking hours into. Yeah. And then there's uh, you've got the that finals. The finals has a beta go- test going on right now. It's a first-person shooter, like arena-style type game. And they, I've never was, seen that. Yeah, they did a alpha a few months back and had a bunch of streamers play the alpha, and now they're having like an open beta. Yeah. And it's going on for another couple of weeks, and then you know probably August, September, they're going to drop the game, full game in its entirety. And then you have um, X Defiant, which is another first-person shooter, Call of yeah. Duty-esque type type game and so there's other up and coming games that are that are going to challenge Call of Duty which you know Call of Duty's been on top for a while now especially since they dropped Modern Warfare 2019 they've been on top of the first person shooter market BR market yeah you know for a while and and like I said Warzone 2 just hasn't taken off like it like they thought it would and so I think competition makes makes for the best, you know, yeah. I mean, it, it pushes the cream, the cream will rise to the top and the best game, you know, that's what we're going to get. And that's what's yeah. cool about living in a free market, you know, open, open industry type, type deal is that anybody and everybody can, can kind of throw something together. And if it takes hold, they can start gathering resources and making it into something that's really fun and worthwhile. So, yeah. I agree. I think this might be what well, it's either a wake up call or like yeah. the final blow for, yeah. for call of duty. I wasn't going to say the final blow, but it, it's either going to go one of two ways. It's going to go like what we won't hear call of duty except for when they drop and it'll be a small pop or this finally is the wake up call that call of duty, Activision, Raven soft or whatever they all need to put out the, the best game that they can produce. And if, if I, if they drop a game this fall, like they're saying, and it is not a complete hit, there will no longer be call of duty because the people will stand with what is major. And now the streamers have surpassed the game before it was the game. You know what I'm saying? It was the game. The people played the game. Now people come to watch the streamer and the streamer is not playing it or backing it or on its side, there is going to be no draw, no appeal to this game. And I, I'm i hoping, just for nostalgia's sake and the fact that I, I have love in my heart for a game that raised us, you know what I'm saying? I want them to come out yeah. with something great, but... Yeah, I'm, root, I'm rooting for it, but at yeah. the same time, I'm not going to 
just say, I'm not just going to say, oh, Call of Duty's fucking awesome. Yeah. Whenever it's really not, you know, it's kind of, like I said, the past year, it's been dog shit. Yeah. And I can't even play this fucking Warzone. God no, damn. I mean, the Warzone is pathetic. It's, <laughs> but you always have those staunch defenders of, oh, of, course. of Call of Duty that's like, oh, Call of Duty is the best first person experience, blah, 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 blah. It's like, man, get real. Like, you're delusional right now. Yeah. And we kind of got spoiled by Warzone 1. The- it was so good, and it, I mean, but also, I mean, you know, I've had this conversation with several people who were like diehard Call of Duty people. I think Warzone One benefited from COVID and yeah. the fact that it dropped right, literally, March twenty twenty is when Warzone One dropped, and then quarantine lockdown happened March April of twenty twenty. So we were literally. Everybody's just had sitting in their house with nothing else to do except play Warzone. Yeah. For a lot of us, you know. And so that kind of garnered a lot of attention and, and, um, activity and traffic for Warzone because that's what all the streamers were playing. That's what all everybody's friend group was into. That's what everybody was playing. And that's really what got me into. Uh, like the PC world. That's what yeah. really enticed me into getting buying a PC because I was still on PC four or PS four whenever COVID first happened, and then Warzone dropped, and I was like, I saw the streamers playing on PC, and I was like, damn, I got to get a PC <laughs> I if I want to be competitive, you know. Yep. So, God, for the for the sake of the gaming world, I hope they do figure it out, and I'm glad that. Nick Merckx's, and now I'm, I'm going to say friends, but it does seem like more of a tight-knit family. They're all bonding. It's and a community. Coming, yeah, they're coming together at the side of Nick Merckx, and he's not wrong. I'm not going to – I'm not going to stray away from those comments either. At the end of the day, Nick Merckx said, you know, they just need to leave the kids out of it, and I agree. Just leave the kids out of everything. You know, no matter what you believe or what you do or what you see, leave the children out of it, and I stand by that as well. And Shit, I don't know Nick Merckx. I follow him, but I don't know him. But at the end of the day, I agree with what he's saying. Yeah, and what's so crazy is you get labeled as like a right right wing extremist if you say something as simple as protect the kids, leave the kids yeah. out of it, and now all of a sudden you're like, you know, a I don't even know a a bigot. Because a bigot. Say, I was going to say a bigot, yeah. Because you say something as simple as that, and it's just a crazy time that we live in right now. And we, ha- I think, you know, not to get too deep into it, into the weeds here, but, you know, we've had several conversations on this podcast about, you know, the state of the culture and the, the, the social climate. And for the last, I don't know, 10 years, the pendulum has swung so far to the left that now we've gotten into to sections of just total lunacy and like delusion. And I feel like slowly but surely we're starting to see a return back. We're starting to shift. This, this pendulum is swinging back to yeah. the center. And now we're starting to see people push back. And be like, no, we're gonna, you know, I understand being tolerant and and wanting to and wanting to include everybody and make sure everybody feels safe. Like, yes, we need that in, in a society, but we also have to have common sense. We also need decency and sanity at the same time. Two things can coexist. Like, can coexist. Two things can be true at the same time. Yes. So, I think that. A lot of what's what we see now happening on all these markets and industries with Anheuser Busch, with Target. Now we're seeing it within the gaming community. These are all kind of microcosms of the bigger picture of people are finally starting to regain that voice of, hey, let's let's use our brains here. We can't just go along with everything that that that's popular to say right now. So that was my piece on it. I mean, I hope Nick Merckx, you know, I hope he gets 
uh, you know, I, I'm trying to think of the right way to put this. I hope that he is not able to recover from this, but like, I know that it's got to be a lot weighing on him right now. Yeah. Because everybody's, he's under a microscope. So I hope, you know, shout out to him. I hope he's doing all right. And which I know he is. He's a strong, he's a strong dude. So (laughs) good. I I think, you know, I think they're in the right space to where, you know, the streamers can, it's not like a sports media where, you know, they got to step in front of the microphone. Like, thankfully, you know, if Nick needs to go into the dark for a while, he could probably just not show his face yeah. for a little bit. You know, he's in he's in a space to where he can go away for a little bit. Everything will blow over. But it just, it, it shouldn't have to be one of those scenarios where it blows yeah, over. It should have it never, it. It never been an issue in the first place. What he said should not have been. The cancel culture is out of control. And you're right, what you said about the pendulum and misswinging back. You're seeing people use their voice again. Like, it was, for a moment there, it was like everybody was too scared to step up and say anything for the fear of saying the wrong thing, which is not the right thing. We have freedom of speech in this country. And, right. and, and basically in, in, on the Internet because it's, it's an open space as it is. Like, if you want to say something, say it. If it's wrong, it's wrong, but you still have the right to say what you want. And yes. say you, feel. you know and what I'm saying? I was having this conversation with somebody at work the other day. A lot of young people nowadays do not understand that that is what makes America one of the greatest countries to ever exist is the fact that you can say whatever you want. Now, you're not free from the repercussions or the consequences of what you say, but you have a right as an American to express yourself and not be prosecuted for it. And that's our first fucking amendment and one of, and probably the most important alongside of the right to bear arms. But that you can't be thrown in jail just because you say something against the state and you look around the world and all these other countries if you say the wrong thing, you can be thrown in prison with no representation. There was no legal reason whatsoever other than we just didn't like what you said. Yeah. And it's what can like kind of rubs me the wrong or pisses me off is whenever you see all these younger people, they're like, Oh, I'm a Marxist. I'm a communist. <laughs> it's like, bitch, you don't have the first fucking clue. You don't have right? that. Yeah. You read, you saw some YouTuber or streamer say something that you agreed with. And then you're now you're just parodying it. You're just regurgitating what they said. You don't even understand like the fun, like the principle. And even yeah. if you do, it's just, I don't know. We're getting off into the weeds here, but yeah, it just blows my mind. And I think this is kind of a good segue into the whole uh, Twitter beef with uh, yeah. with um, what was it? Joe Rogan, Joe RFK Rogan. Jr., Elon yeah. Musk, and Doctor Holt. Who? Peter Holtz is that his yeah. name? Yes, Peter Holtz. Who, no, it's Hotez. Peter Hotez. Yes, he essentially has been the face of the like second shot, third shot booster, et cetera, et cetera. He's the, he's the man who comes on the, on the TV and says, all right, so the second shot's not working. Like he's like the, he's like the Dr. Fauci 2.0 basically. Essentially. Yes. So Joe Rogan had RFK jr. On the podcast, RFK jr. Is running for a presidency term which I, he's more of a... Yeah, I've listened to multiple podcasts with him. He is literally one of the most rational people that we've had yeah. since, I want to say, Obama. Very much so. I mean, and he's a, he's a great debate. I mean, he's great at debating. Like, he's a good conversation to listen to. And he, like, it's I don't want to say it's, like, dramatic in how he goes about things because I feel like dramatic is more towards, like, Donald Trump. But rational is the right way to put things. He's, it's a good conversation to listen to. If you get a chance, listen to the podcast with him and Joe Rogan. But Holt Holtez comes on Twitter and basically, you know, pins this episode segment where they're talking about a Joe Rogan and RFK Jr. And he's like, 
it's a, a report from Deadspin or one of those, you know, shit sites. Yeah. Blogger sites that's yeah. dying. And he's, he's saying like, you're one of the biggest refutals and calling him out. And then Joe Rogan, all he said was like, I would give a hundred thousand dollars for you to just debate RFK Jr. on the vaccines to any donation or any charity that you would choose. And basically Elon matched it and it got up to a point where it was over a million dollars in donations to whatever charity that Holt has wanted. And he just kept refuting it. Yeah. He, he tweeted something out and then deleted it. And then, then I tweeted something else out. And, uh, man, Joe Rogan was going after him today on Twitter. Him, and Elon Musk and that yeah. uh, Ian Ian Chong guy on Twitter, yeah. um, but yeah, I mean, he he offered him a hundred thousand, and it was matched by all these different people. And he said, "Any charity you want, you know, just come on my show, debate RFK Jr. and uh, you know, we'll see who's we'll just hash it out, like yeah. you know, like the good old days, because back in the day, that's what." It, when you had beef with somebody like in a political sphere or like something like this, you would go and debate that person yeah. and you would bring your notes and you would show up and you would be on point and you wouldn't run from it. And that right there, like just like it's any, it's just like a fucking schoolyard, you know, meet me on the playground at five o'clock and we'll, you know, and then the other kid doesn't show up because he's yeah. a fucking pussy. Yeah. And so, it's just funny how, you know, I know I'm always super critical of the left and I don't really say much about the right, which I mean, I have my own, have my, I have reservations about the right too, but the left has just been on one here. And I know it's, it's not healthy to think of everything in terms of left and right because there's no nuance. There's nothing, there's nothing, there's no new conversation to have if you only think of it in binary terms like that. But for, for you know, for this conversation's sake, it just seems like the left. Every time they're challenged, they run from it. They don't. Yeah. They don't step up and defend what they're talking about. They just spew all this, you know, quote unquote misinformation and and, and narrative. They push this narrative, and then they go and hide back in the corner until they can find, you know, scramble around and find something else to put out that kind of maybe halfway supports what their previous statement was. Yeah. If, if Peter Hotez was really about it, he would say, okay, Joe, give me a time and a place and we'll yeah. do it. If you really believed in what you were spewing or understood or weren't ignorant to what you were talking about, if you about, weren't on the, you know, big pharma's payroll, then yeah. you would just do it. Yeah. And like, I sent you a clip on Twitter about where Joe had Holtez on his podcast at one point. Obviously, you know, Joe knows this man, has his number, has contacted and spoke with this man before. They're on terms. And what Joe said to him wasn't out of, like, hatred or anything. He was like, I'm giving you a space to defend what you're saying. And Holtez has been on Joe Rogan's show, and Joe was asking him, like, you know, you're you're a scientist who is pushing for the safety of human beings. What do you do for yourself to keep you clean, safe, and healthy. And he was like, do you, do you eat snacks? Do you take care of yourself? Do you diet? Do you work out? And it's like, this is the man that's running a campaign for the healthy lives in America. He's not even taking care of his own self. Yeah, he How basically he says, oh, well, I go on walks. Yeah. Like, <laughs> of course, you probably were going to get sick. You you don't take care of your body. You don't take care of your mind. You don't take care of nothing. Like, you're probably the most... uh versed in what not to do you know what i'm saying that, that's what that's what scares me the most about listening to people like that yeah and joe rogan is a fucking national treasure agreed I, and i don't agree with everything he says and agreed. a lot and some of the times i like i'll be listening to his podcast <laughs> and i have to turn it off because yep. it gets on my nerves but that's a good thing. You know, yes. I don't want to listen to somebody that I agree with all the time yep. or that 
always feels like he has to say the right thing. I, I appreciate Joe Rogan because he has people that he disagrees with on. He has people that he agrees with on. He has and everything in between. Yep. And he's not afraid to have those tough conversations. And, and he doesn't get out of line. He doesn't get disrespectful. He just, you know, has a literal conversation like me and you are right now. Yeah. And – he has probably the biggest platform in the world right now. Yep. And he is literally inviting people on to have this debate, which is important. It's a very crucial subject right now because, you know, for, for right now, COVID is kind of dormant. You know, it's not over. There's still people that get COVID, but it's dormant. But who's to say in another year, two, three, four, five years, we don't have to see a, a huge resurgence of this new COVID variant because of all the the confusion about the vaccine and should I get it, should I not get it, this, that, and the other. You know, there could be another major wave come through globally, not just here in the U.S., but globally. And then what are we going to do? So it's good to have this conversation now and figure yeah. out what is the best course of action. So in the future – we don't have to scramble around like we did in 2020 and 2021 and nobody knows what they should do. Yep. I, I think this coming up election in 24 is probably the most important election we've had since uh, FDR. Uh, yeah. I was trying to think of his name since FDR. I think this is probably the most important election in, in the last hundred years or more. We gotta hope for the best. I know. I know. I typically am not one to go vote. I used to. I typically have the mindset like I don't involve myself in politics or the political speech or anything of that nature. But the way everything has gone, it's like now I feel obligated to make sure that my voice, my vote matters in a sense because I just can't fathom losing to wrong anymore you know what i'm saying i don't well, want to think yeah i don't want to be on the wrong side of history right not only that but we see we see like the ramifications of everything that's gone on the past three years and we don't want to have to relive that and so i think that also comes along with getting older you feel more of a responsibility to to carry out you know your civic duty so, I mean, it is what it is, but you can, you got to use what you have at your, at your fingertips in order to, to try to make the world right. Yeah. And I completely I mean, agree. You know, I don't, I don't want to really want to yeah, get too far into politics. Yeah. It's just impossible to ignore at this point. So I think it's something that we can kind of delve into as a, like I'm not, I'm not trying to become or even be a political podcast, but it's definitely something that is going to end up being a conversation piece for us in the future because it has to be discussed. It has to be mentioned, and I know people who listen, you know, they're going to have opinions, and maybe even so, we could be part of the reason that somebody's thought process, you know, clears up or evolves or whatever it may be, and if. We're going to continue to have a voice. we got to continue to use it in the right way. And however that may be, we'll figure out our way there. I know we are cruising at 50 minutes, and we have been trying to keep our podcast episodes a little bit shorter. We have probably overextended our stay in this episode, which I do apologize for if you've made it this far. We have a lot of things that we wanted to discuss today. So such a long list. I'll I'll give uh, a quick shout out to the Denver Nuggets for completing the NBA championships a win over the Miami Heat. We have a friend who has been a lifelong friend of the Denver Nuggets since since I've known the guy. He's a diehard. So uh, he knows who he is, and we're proud of him. We're glad we talked about on this episode fandom and how serious fandom was for us. And we know yeah, this moment is huge. Hard. Yeah, we know this moment is absolutely huge for him. I seen a video of him; he was crying. Yeah, <laughs> and this is good. It's good. 
So good for him. I'd love to see it. Yeah. Shout out exactly. to the Nuggets. Shout out to Mike Malone for getting fucking trash on, on, <laughs> in the parade. I love that. It, it looked like the, the parade was a good time too. Uh, Denver, Denver gets forgotten about, but they're definitely a huge city and a huge fan base. I they'll, think, be a, they'll be a staple oh, coming up in the next dude. five years. They're not gonna. They're gonna be a force to be reckoned with. I don't dude. know if you can hear me or not. I hear you right now. Yeah. Um, you're not full volume. It sounds like you're away. I don't know what exactly it is. Yeah, my mic got disconnected. So my Yeti. So I don't know what I'm getting recorded on right now. So. That's all right. Well, I'll. Um, it, I mean, the the audio is clear. It's just kind of quiet. I can pitch it up. I'm just gonna touch on a few notes and then I'll close this out. All right. Um, we do have some news that we were gonna touch on, which is the Bob Huggins news. Um, if you know who Bob Huggins is, he was the men's basketball coach for the West Virginia Mountaineers, who was hammered driving and has now stepped down for getting his DUI. Um, Michael Jordan is selling the Hornets. Huge news because it seems like Michael Jordan ran it into the ground. Also, a huge note for a lot of people in Western Kentucky who listen to this and are Cardinals fans. I'm going to hit on this briefly because this is something that I respect and just want to say. And if Murph has something, um, I'll give him his space to say so. But if you guys know David Freeze, he hit the home run, game six, St. Louis Cardinals as the Pujols team. He declined the offer to go into the Cardinals Hall of Fame, which... It's something – it's very humbling because, you know, every person dreams of going into a Hall of Fame. I know it's just a team Hall of Fame, but, you know, he is a St. Louis legend. He is a reason that St. Louis has a World Series ring. But he also understands what it means to be in that Hall of Fame and what it means to wear that Cardinal jacket in that Hall of Fame. And for people who don't know, David Freeze – is has had trouble with alcohol and he had a DUI. He had an incident and he doesn't feel like he has lived up to the standards of what the hall of fame is. And it takes a real man to, I'm not saying he's not deserving because that moment, that home run will live forever, but it takes a man to come out publicly and say that, you know, you don't deserve to be in the names of some of the greats that have graced the Cardinal uniform. And I think there is a lot of players who could take notice of that and learn from this and say, you know, this, this hall of fame is a prestigious thing. This is the, the, the mountaintop. And if you're going to get there and be there, you need to honor it and have lived by it and earned it. And, like I said, I'm not taking anything away from David Freeze. What a career, great moments, one of the most clutch players of all time. But it's just a valuable lesson for people to learn on. Yeah, I mean, I applaud him for for the act of humility. Yep. You know, but at the same time, just play devil's advocate, it's almost it's almost disrespectful not to take it though. You know, like uh, I know I know he He's had his trouble with with alcohol and whatnot, and he doesn't feel like he's lived up to the standard. But also, you know, he got voted in. People people voted him True. in, and True. so now, you know, I don't know how the process works, but he's, you know, he's taking up a spot for somebody else. So now they yeah. have to re vote or whatever. But I think he deserves to be in. And I mean, I agree. Uh, off the field issues. I mean, everybody struggles with shit like that. Yeah. But, you know, maybe not everybody gets a DUI. Or whatever, yeah. But like, there's a lot of former players, great greats, that had their struggles with substance. Abuse, yeah. So, I agree. I think he should be in there. But that's a viewpoint. That's you know, that's why we do this podcast. I didn't have that viewpoint, but it's also a great perspective to have. It, it a really good perspective. Aside from that, the last thing I want to say is the Reds have won nine straight. Right now, they are leading. Joey Votto has returned. 
Not going to touch on the Reds too much because I just want to keep the mojo going. I don't want to spiel too much. Joey Votto's back. He hit a home run in his first game back. The Reds are real. Cincy is real. Aside from that, keep listening. Show some love. Share our socials. I love you guys. Murph. The Mets still suck. (laughs) All right, guys. Love you. Peace. Peace. Yeah.